0: Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines on pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Wellington Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? Going better. Better.
1: Going better. Going oh better. God. Okay, I like that. Yeah.
0: Going better today.
1: Going better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and sound <laughs> great. sound. Going better. Going right? better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're joined by a special guest once again, uh, Andrea Mead. She's been a rehab specialist for the WNBA in Chicago. It's been a while since we've had her on, but thanks for being back on.
2: Thanks for having me, as always.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we have a lot of topics to get into today. We're gonna start off with some of our uh, thoughts on the last two episodes of the Last Dance. And then in the second half, we'll get into um, Heat OKC Game Two review of the Twenty Twelve Finals. But to start it off with um, the last two episodes of the Last Dance, you know, they delved into the Pacers, um, and that in Episode Nine is just like really a huge threat to the Bulls in the ninety-eight Eastern Conference Finals and. They were really, like, the only Eastern Conference team or just overall the team that pushed the Bulls to the brink in that second three-peat era, you know, as the Bulls were able to rally for a low-scoring 88-83 win. And it was just, you know, a slugfest and and a a physical series where, you know, Steve Kerr has the pivotal um, three-pointer midway through the fourth quarter. Tony Kukoc Kukoc, uh, knocks down shot after, you know, big shot, and Pippen is just, you know, excellent defensively. But this was, you know, just the biggest test of their second three-peat era. And even Jordan said, you know, he never felt as though, you know, it wouldn't go their way, you know, at the end of the game. But, what, Andrew, what were your thoughts on the Pacers' ability to, you know, really push the Bulls during their last run as it was just a a really, like, rare thing to see?
2: It was a rare thing to see, but I also think they... Prepared that season to face the Bulls. They knew what they had to do coming in. They knew the strategies to go through. Obviously, it was a good series to watch and to uh, for them to be a part of. But I think they were a little bit prepared for the Bulls, and like you saw, it happen. But they obviously couldn't pull through.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that was that was like one of the main things because you know Reggie Miller he hits the big shot in Game Four. And, you know, just the, the physical nature of that series, like Savon, when you look back at it, do you think it's one of those series where even though like Scottie Pippen said at the end of game seven, you know, like the, the best team may have not won, but it was one of those things where just their experience and having the best player in the world just still, you know, brought them over.
1: Right. Most definitely. Because when I, when I went back and watched game seven of that, series, I didn't think they had an answer for Dell Davis at all. Because yeah. he was, they, they try to come, different people on. They try to double team it with. Michael Jordan coming down and Scotty will come down sometimes and he'll just dish it out to Mark Jackson or Reggie and drain the three. I didn't think they have an a answer. Then they started stopping him. He only had nine points that game. But that entire series just showed how great of an organization and team they had with the, the Chicago Bulls. Everybody came together. Dennis Rodman played his role. Uh, Harper played his role. Steve Kerr definitely played his role in that uh, last game seven. Uh, I think it made like four or five threes, clutch threes. But yeah. I still think the better team didn't win. I don't. I don't think they they were the better team that year. You, you can see how they came, how the Pacers came back in that series. But when you have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and that entire that entire, the entire mm-hmm. team, it's kind of hard to beat yeah. those guys when you have that much experience on the court. But I do think Reggie Miller. They were the better team, but yeah. the more experienced team won that game. Especially, yeah. And then you see what happened into the next series, and they won another one.
0: In The next series, yeah, definitely. And, and and just some of their biggest Eastern Conference threats, you know, like the Pistons, the Knicks, and then this Pacers team. Like, Andrew, would you still say like the Pistons, like in, in terms of just what they did to the Bulls and pushing them over, was maybe like one of the biggest reasons why the, the Bulls like had this just successful two separate repeat era?
2: I think the Bulls knew that in order to be successful, they had to get through the Pistons, and they knew what the Pistons were about. You know, everybody knew the bad boys of the NBA, and they had to, like, get past them. So that was always that rivalry, even they said it in the beginning of the series. Like, you know, the Pistons were always there. And then when they switched around and ended up getting Dennis Rodman from them, then you you stop a little bit of the defensive threat for for the bulls and then you know they started shaking things up a little bit i think the bulls really knew what to do and how to get around the pistons at at some point but still a threat yeah. for sure still a threat they had you know big names on their team but um like you said the bulls just became experienced at the end of the day they were they've been around each other for You know, a long time they know how to run their triangle offense. They know how to get the best out of all their players, whether it be a role player or you know Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah, definitely. And transitioning to um, MJ and and, and the um, the flu game, you know, Game Five of the ninety seven Finals, it's still one of the most iconic finals finals performances we'll ever see. You know, as he puts up you know thirty thirty eight points, seven rebounds, and five assists. But in the documentary, you know, there's added reveals to it. You know, the reveals of the um, the room service, the the five delivery guys showing up to Jordan's room and him um, experiencing food poison, food poisoning in Salt Lake City. <laughs> but um, Andrew, like, like, what did you think about just the added reveals of the whole situation? And because it's it's a really like mystic nature of it. Like, like like some people didn't feel like it was just the flu, and then just kind of also the long lasting legacy of Jordan's performance um, following that night, as it was like one of his most iconic iconic um, performances.
2: Well, uh, two things. The trainer, Tim Grover, he's been saying that Jordan didn't have the flu that game. So he wrote a book about it, everything. Yeah. And then like there's a lot of like, you know, sports myths revealed like Jordan didn't have the flu, <laughs> whether he had the flu, whether he had food poisoning, whether he was just like wasn't his best. He still played a crazy game, like, yeah. to not be 100% and to get the results that he had that game is insane. So give him credit for whatever illness he did have, and, like, he went through and he played and did the, the massive performance that he had, whether, like I said, it was the flu, whether it was food poisoning, whether it was the delivery guys, mm-hmm. whatever happened to so that Listen, he played a heck
0: of a game. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's and that's kind of like like the nature of it. Like Saban, when you look back at that game, that's always remembered as the game where Jordan pushes through. It's just like the resilient nature. It it signifies everything that he does. Like when you look back at that game, is it just one where you're just like, that's just why he's the best player of all time and that's why he's always separated from the rest.
1: He's not the best player of all time, just to Oh, <laughs> the guy, no, this is not for it. like, I was this is not for, for clout or anything. He's not the best, the best basketball player that's ever played. Is Kareem. No, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul-Jabbar, the best basketball player from college to NBA to rings. He's the best player that ever stepped foot on the hardwood. And I, I'm ready to convince anybody about that. Now, Jordan was a freaking nature. Vert of forty inches I saw Dinwiddie from Brooklyn Nets put this on his uh, Dinwiddie. Yeah, yeah, he put it on his uh, Twitter. He was like, "Man, people think." I mean, he has a uh, forty inch vert. (laughs) He said, "People think I'm an athletic." (laughs) (laughs) But I get what he was saying though. Like, I feel like Jordan is one of the best scorers of all time. Of all yeah, time, because sure. that's what the Bulls need him to be. Now, the best player of all, all around player is LeBron James. I know I'm getting off subject, but I'm, I'm building this up to say- I mean, I this, think-
0: is, this is what it brings up. This is what it brings up. Because a lot of people were right. like, hey, like, does this like change what we think of LeBron or or, or Kobe or you know, like guys like Magic and, and Kareem, as we're saying?
1: I believe Jordan is a narcissist. And when you are a narcissist, it brings some type of element out of you that is a sh- you want to win no matter what. And i and I praise that 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 amount of sheer will to win at any cost, at all costs. It doesn't matter if you're killing relationships, if you're doing this and that. I you know I admire that. But at some point, while we still praising Michael Jordan? this really this whole documentary just showed me what a just highlighted more of what a type of person I thought he was, and that's why I had a so
0: essentially. Essentially you weren't a fan of the last
2: Are thing you, mad you, did. <laughs> right. you mad. No, I'm not right.
1: I'm not mad. mad. I'm not mad. I'm just <laughs> sh- I'm shining light, just like how this uh documentary did. Because in his narcissism, let's listen this is the word of the day, <laughs> Roy. <Royton. laughs> narcissism. We saw how that's this the is noted why, word. how the documentary went the way it did. Right. It was his narrative. Because Jordan yeah.
2: had a yeah. say in everything. He had a say in the narcissist. production of yeah. it what everybody, it was whether it was put in the show. Yeah. Marcy right? Is, his, it's is that him. really
0: <laughs> a narcissist? Because if, if 20 years from now, it's LeBron has a, it's a documentary, about- it's going to be from LeBron's perspective. No.
1: no exactly. LeBron, if this is how a documentary of LeBron James will happen— We've seen it when it with his friends when they had the documentary on his friends David on Carter. ESPN. Yeah, yes, he didn't take over the show. He did not take over. <laughs> his friends were in in the, in the midst. Michael Jordan, like it was like a Just Greek
2: friends, So
1: it's a Greek tragedy. <laughs> it's like we're we're watching that rewatching or rewording a Greek tragedy, and we're praising him again. Oh, blah 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 blah. Without, uh, I hate this. How can you not? Okay, I'm, you know what? It's okay,
2: it's okay. Just
1: breathe. Go on, You're go, right. go, on. go ahead. Go ahead, Saivon. No, because I, <laughs> you've been waiting I for this. like, yeah. I, it's <laughs> I, this is why I was super excited. I was like, what can they give us? Wellington will attest to this. I'll like, say, what That's can different. they give us different than any other documentary? And then I was hyped for the first two episodes, and I was like, oh, it's about Michael Jordan. It's it's yeah. it's about Michael Jordan. His perspective, yeah, nobody else. Yeah. It's about him. Yeah, he is this at the story of the
0: documentary.
1: Right. And then I'm just like, without Steve Kerr, without John Harper, without Scottie John Pippen Parkinson's. and Dennis Rodman, without, no, without Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen, the Bulls will be nothing. Yeah, yeah. Second, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And it showed what he's trying to search for him <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> But no, I just Dennis, where you like, at? Where you at? Hey, did where, where you at? I just man, I'm getting sick and tired of praising a narcissist, and then he but grew. Didn't we say the same thing about Kobe? Now, I was just about to get that. And I would say he in in that process he birthed another narcissist, and we saw that in Kobe. May he rest in peace. But Kobe was a narcissist. Yeah. On the, oh, no, let me get you wrong. Mean, On the basketball life. court, basketball court, like in real right. life. Kobe's not a narcissist. He's a loving father. He's, I'm talking about in, in basketball. We're talking about Kobe basketball. We're talking about Michael Jordan right. basketball. Not talking about outside the court. But no. I'm so not, essentially, I'm
0: like like Andrea, I mean, Andrea, like when you look at other players like Steph or, or LeBron or maybe KD, like down the road, like do you think a documentary, do you think there will ever be a documentary like this, like Savon was saying, as though it, re- it may reveal something where we don't like the player as much because- A lot of the teammates, like that 94 season when Pippen's at the head of it, they really loved Pippen as a leader because he wasn't as tough or he wasn't as, you know, vigilant as as MJ was. And I feel like that's one of the things, like we saw the leadership nature. Even though MJ, he brought a lot out of teammates, it wasn't the same effect as maybe a leader like LeBron would have.
2: I think any documentary reveals information that you may not have known to kind of change your perspective on things and i think that's how we grow as people we get new information so our opinions may change yeah. but i also do feel that people that like mj will always like mj people that like lebron will always like lebron people that like kobe will always like kobe like there's a shot is that a shot towards no me? okay no
1: bro let's see what kind of podcast you're doing here. No, yeah.
2: <laughs> Listen, you'll know, say watch. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know the shots are <laughs> I will make an announcement. <laughs> no, I just think that... I mean, I think the documentary was done well. I'll first say yeah. that uh, whether it was just about Jordan and you don't like that, fine. But as a documentary and the, the production of it, um, the executive producers, the writers, whoever did it, the camera crew, everything, the people even the researchers that came and get, got all this footage and all this yeah. stuff, I think they put it together well. Yeah. And it was information that we didn't know. Now, I, me, say well, he said, we weren't really around when this was happening. Like, yeah, we were exactly. there, but we didn't live it. And yeah. so it was a lot of, like, I would ask my dad, like, do you remember this? Like, what was going on? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's good for people that, didn't know there's a lot of people that didn't grow up like watching it we watch reruns of bulls games in that area we didn't live through it for people that live through it it might not have been as like great and awesome you know because they know this happened already you know now later in life if we get another documentary about you know lebron we get another documentary about kobe we get another documentary about luca or something then We might get this yes. That was a shot, a definitely a shot.
1: That was definitely a shot. We get Why we want is a get a Luca. Okay. All right. Luca, we trust. Look, <laughs> Calvettre. Why let this stop? Okay, all right, brother. Stop it. All
0: right, I chill. I chill. I chill. You, you want you want a documentary on Zion? Okay, I, 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 understand. I understand. I
2: don't want a documentary on
0: Zion.
2: We need a thirty-minute episode. We need one of those quibbies. That's all we need on Zion. Just a little ten-minute quick thing on Zion. <laughs> You th- no, okay. I just think documentaries are informational, <laughs> okay. and they gave us some information that maybe we didn't know. Yeah. And I think it was good. It brought us together during this quarantine and gave everyone from ESPN okay. to us okay. something to talk about.
1: Now you just went too <laughs> far. It brought us mm-hmm. together through this quarantine? What What
2: is it, singing I mean, Kumbaya? Like, what's going no, on I mean, okay. mean. Like yeah, that would be like that people But were really literally everybody because in the sports world was watching this. If this is all they're talking yeah. about on ESPN, like it brought people together to conversation, not like brought them together yeah. and like that, it just brought a conversation to the table. Man, it just
1: yeah, it just absolutely. made millennials believe Michael Jordan was a
2: god and he wasn't
1: a god. He just
2: had a forty. Nobody bird. believes Michael Jordan is a god except for those super fans. We know Michael Jordan was just a good basketball player, great yeah. basketball player. He was, but the, he also. Yeah had a squad around him that really made him successful. Like he wouldn't have done what he did without the people understanding his role and their role on the team. Yeah. And he had a 40 inch mm-hmm. vertical. <laughs>
0: the the supporting, the supporting cast, like, like that's another thing. Like you, you can't overlook how in each era, the supporting cast was just phenomenal to, to really help him over. Um but transitioning to um, just like his trust in, in role players, like, um, John Paxton, Steve Kerr, in certain big finals games. You know, both of these players made two of the most memorable clinching shots in finals history, you know, and ensured Jordan's third and fifth rings respectively. Um, Paxton knocked down the wide open three with uh, 3.9 seconds left versus the Suns in game six. And then Steve Kerr made the, the mid-range jumper with um, five seconds left in, in game in, in Game six versus the Jazz in 97. But, Andrew, like like looking back at, at those two players and just certain role players that he trusted in, in big situations, because not in, in, in every finals, he didn't knock down like every big shot. There were certain role players that that, that had to, you know, ensure they won. Um, but what were your thoughts on just kind of like that element highlighted as well as there were certain players he had to trust more in in late game situations?
2: Yeah. Um. I, I'm glad that they threw that, that information in there. We do need to understand that Jordan didn't do it by himself. You know, as great of games he yeah. had, he he broke playoff rec- scoring records and he did all these crazy things, but at the end of the day, you have to win the game and other players won the game. Um, yeah. I don't know if it really revealed how much trust he had in them because I'm sure in the moment he was like, right. dang, this ball better go in or I should have took the shot, you know?
0: Uh <laughs> But it, it's it's I do hindsight is twenty twenty because if if those players don't make those shots then Jordan would be extremely piercing.
2: exactly what what is exactly so I think it's how it happened makes it a makes it different um, but I do enjoy the fact that it wasn't him that actually won some of these clutch yeah, games. Definitely. Uh, we did get that. We did get Steve Kerr out there, John Pattinson, especially because John Pence has hit several different shots. He's really come through in clutching, not just finals games, but in games in general, like, you know, regular season games. Like he was a scorer mm-hmm. and, you know, people that understand their roles, like I said, on teams like this, you have such a superstar team that everybody has to play a part. Everybody has to share the ball. Everybody has to, you know, be – a hundred percent good at their position at at all times to be a dynamic team like they are. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Savon, like, you know, the, the Paxton shot that was against the Suns in 93, um, shot was against the Jazz in 97 and looking back at those two teams and those, uh, those two series, like, you know, both ended in six. Like, do you think overall there was a certain finals team that, you know, may have just like, in, in terms of just not, um, being able to push it to a seventh, or like even like win, like was there a team that you felt as though matched up really well like against the Bulls over those um,
1: six finals? Yeah, um, finals. Mm. No, I think I think the the yeah. conference finals, yeah, but the finals, no. I think once it got past the Pistons and uh, some other teams, I think they were. I mean, it wasn't going to be an easy win, but I feel like they already like slayed the Giant in a, in a way, or. Went past right. the, the hardest part of going and winning another championship. That was a
0: huge turning point,
1: right? Because with the Jazz, I knew. I mean, my dad was like, "Yeah, we already knew the the Bulls was were going to uh, beat the Jazz." Um, not mm. because I mean, just the talent wise, the team it, it wasn't evenly matched. They had the Mailman and they had, uh, um, Jeez Stockton. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's all. That's all you talked about. And I love the Mailman. He was like. The the guy was like, What what comes to mind when you hear Michael Jordan? What Michael Jordan? Like <laughs> it was like what? he ain't <laughs> no God or nothing. Like, I was a beast too. Like a, like he was a good basketball player, but he I was a beast too. We we, we should have won it, we could have won it. He was like, yeah. then it was certain things I wish I would have did differently, but nah, when, when I hear Michael Jordan, I hear Michael Jordan, he's just a normal basketball player, and I like that. And before I go any further, Wellington, I see I don't like yes. this narrative. You know what I'm saying? He was like, What's the narrative? Oh, Steve Kerr and John Paxson won another ring for Michael Jordan. How about they won a ring for Chicago? Okay. You know, like...
2: Yeah, I, okay, just, but we do the same thing when fair, we talk about fair. LeBron. Like, no don't ever, not ever you're not playing. You We do
1: you not. Do. <laughs> we, when do not. Say,
2: nobody ever says they're playing the Lakers. They say they're playing LeBron, or they you do that. Like, don't no, do that. No, no. Yeah, you do that Perfect, all example. Example. Player, Perfect example. A
0: player like Perfect. that just almost overrides the team's image.
1: Perfect right? example. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. Lakers. The Lakers when they had uh, Magic Kareem. The Smith and the other guys, it was the what? The Lake show. The Lakers. When when Michael, not Michael Jordan, when Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe was on the team, it was the Lakers. When you got that many players like that, it's going to be the Lakers. So now I'm feeling like, nah, they ain't win him another ring, they won Chicago another ring. I'm tired of this narrative. It, and it doesn't upset. have to be just about Michael Jordan. I'm just talking about you the just narrative want to take
0: everything away from MJ. You just want to
1: take everything away. From you know, from MJ. MJ was a great basketball player, but I feel like the, the the narrative they have for LeBron James should be the same narrative for Michael Jordan because without those role players like Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Harper, um and some other guys that came in in and out uh through his uh years they should have that, that accolades as well. And they do the same thing with LeBron James. It's like, oh, if you didn't have if you went to Miami, he had to go to Miami. Well, when your organization is giving you players like Dennis Robin and drafting Scottie Pippen and going to get John Harper, getting these players, then of course he doesn't have to go anywhere. But if you had the Cavaliers and they're not give you, they gave you Shaq. They gave you Shaq Well, he was 52. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Eric Snow? Like, who are you giving me? So, I, I, I'm just trying to say the narrative they have with MJ and the narrative they have with LeBron James is different, and I hate it. It should be the same thing. I digress. I'm not a hater. I'm just making a playing field. I'm just, just making saying. an
0: observation. Just making an observation.
1: That's a valid point, though. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? That's a very valid point. Am I wrong? You're, you're never wrong. Say Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I <with> on <your> <laughs> this podcast. I'm not wrong with this podcast.
1: <laughs> what? That's a valid point, though. That is a valid point. That's the same thing with Kobe. Super Kobe didn't have point. to go anywhere because their his organization the gave him Haven't waves. been
0: relevant. The Bulls haven't been relevant since MJ. Like that era was completely defined by MJ. Like that's why they say like the Paxson shot helped okay. MJ. First get of up,
2: Zach Levine is coming for y'all. No,
1: wait, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Rose. I mean, Dirk Dirk it Rose. Come on now. When Derrick yeah, Rose is still healthy. we can't see more of Derrick Rose. Chicago, Chicago was still on with Dead Robes then, not He he broke five of his ankles and it was over with. Him. I mean
0: like a championship, you know, a team that got to the finals. That's what I mean. Like that hey, that team, win team. We're coming. We're coming.
2: Just give us a second. I mean give us a second. Give Zach the oh time god. to develop. Oh my god. We're okay. We're <laughs> coming for y'all we okay. We're coming for y'all. Okay.
1: <laughs> but I think if they get the role, I don't think. Larry Mark enough- Larry
0: Marken- oh. is coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't a Chicago don't have the cap room, man, to get get the players they need. Yeah. I mean it,
0: right. it, it really has been a while since like they they I mean that 2010 that that 2020 uh, a 10 year when you know the Bulls and Heat meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals like that's the last time like you know that was a really good team but you know LeBron and and, and the big 3 was just you know too too much of them in that series but Mentioning to uh, the Bulls' seven title chances and, you know, if the organization should have allowed it, you know, Jordan said at the end of episode 10, you know, quote, uh, I felt like we could have won seven. Um, we may not have, but man, not being able to try, that's something I can't accept, end quote. And, you know, in 94 and 95, um, the Rockets had won. And then, um, you know, the Bulls, they, they obviously, they would have been favored in that series, but, you know, we never saw them lose the finals. And until it happened, were, you know, there was no way they were not going to be the favorites. And and for the 99 season, you um, it's Jerry uh, Reinsdorf, the Bulls chairman, he wanted Phil back. Um, and it seemed as though most of the players would have, you know, at least been willing to make a, a you know, one more run on, on one year deals. But um, Andrea, like, do you feel as though they deserved a shot at at, at title seven? And if they did, like, how do you think they would have matched up with teams like um, the Knicks or Spurs that particular year? Well,
2: first things first. I don't think that, they were going to come back, even on one-year contracts, even whatever happened. Like, no. They said that to try to maybe change stuff around. But the title of the season, if you remember, was the last dance. So Phil knew. They told Phil he wasn't coming back. So nothing would have changed that. Whether they won a championship or not, Phil wasn't coming back, and MJ was following Phil wherever he went. So to switch that around after they win six and be like, oh, maybe we could – fix this and, like, come back for a seventh, I don't think it would have happened. Now, I think they could have won. They faced the Spurs. um, But the Spurs had a young Tim Duncan. They had a quality squad. So, you know, it would have been a good series to see. Sad that we didn't see it, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, I mean, think – MJ also could have not retired in the middle of the yeah. decade, and they could have won seven. <laughs> so oh, like... that's one of the good biggest That's
1: one of the that's biggest
2: So I don't know, Savon, what do you think?
1: Oh wow, she's dishing it to old Savon Morris. Um, well, I think if they were probably mid-season. I think if you waited to the last season and had that conversation in the middle of the season, like, look, we made a mistake. We see you guys progressing to this. We wanna, we wanna go for another ring. We wanna, we wanna go another year. I think they did it in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I think Phil Jackson would have said, okay, let me get the guys together because Phil Jackson was the leader. They followed Phil Jackson everywhere. So if Phil was saying, all right, yeah. guys, let's give it one more year after this no matter more what run. we do at the end one more run let's do one more run i think mike would have said yes scotty even when scotty he he was he was at a point where he was like man f it this matters. i want to go i think he would have stayed for <laughs> for <laughs> phil i think robin would have stayed like i think everybody would have you know stayed and tried to do another run but when you have all those other variables in the general manager and the, the owner it seems like he's just doesn't know what's going on but he does know what's going on he here. was just
2: cheap he's literally just cheap he can talk about his economics it's not it's you need to pay yeah. people if you want to win so right figure it out and i
1: definitely <laughs> don't believe it when he said he told scotty not to sign uh the deal get out of here okay you 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 think i believe that don't i don't win. believe that at all you told him <laughs> he was like yeah that's a good deal sign it off you're gonna get we're gonna renegotiate your contract or whatever nah i think he was lying on that uh in the documentary but i think if they would have had that conversation mid season i think it would have they would have said okay let's do it but that was a good point though yeah. like if and, and jordan would have never absolutely. retired then yeah he could have seven
0: yeah definitely and, and and before we close out for this segment like in terms of just like you know three of the most fascinating things from the documentary you know there's the 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 retirement at the end of um 93 um re- him really at the peak of, uh, of his powers um, you also have, you know, the the beef with him and Isaiah Thomas still like he he said that he didn't, he he wasn't the reason why um Thomas wasn't on the dream team. And then also you have the element of him and Magic um over o- over in Barcelona and just the rivalry there. And then, you know, Magic finally relinquishes it to MJ. Um overall though, Andrew, like like what would you say was like kind of like one of the most fascinating things that that you um kind of um saw from this documentary overall?
2: Oh wow. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it can be out of those
0: three. It can be out of those
2: three. <laughs> um, I think I do. I, I was very interested in the Isaiah Thomas thing because yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> basketball is basketball. Like, you can have your personal issues with somebody, but, like, if they have skills and they're – a good basketball player then like why are you not giving me a chance and just like Isaiah said he was like I qualified for the dream team why wasn't I even like approached about it you know like it was literally just like we're gonna act like we don't see Isaiah Thomas over there and he's like one of the best players in right. the league <laughs> so like, and you can't do that like at least have a conversation and if it's hey I mean this might not go well but you at least need to communicate with somebody and this say is, hey what it's looking like the team camaraderie is going to be off if like it's like this or whatever don't just like turn a blind eye to him and whether it was MJ who had the ultimate I'm, I'm sure he didn't mm-hmm. have the ultimate decision but had a lot of influence in the decision mm-hmm. he had a lot of influence in this decision a
0: lot of say.
2: yeah and I think that's cheap and not like okay to do, mm. but because even now, because even like when they were like showing him the iPad and everything, like he says he he still hates Isaiah Thomas to this day. Like there's nothing that's gonna get changed over that. Yeah. But yeah, but maybe that time overseas on the Olympic team might have helped, like with it. But we don't. We wouldn't know. Yeah. So I think that's my that's like a highlight. That's like a fave point. Is like Isaiah Thomas and MJ's relationship mm-hmm. and how it's like, dang, because even now, like teammates, like if you're not teammates, whatever the league, everybody knows each other, y'all around each other for 82 games, you know? So you, you should at least have some kind of like respect for somebody. For them to be old now and still not like each other, this is crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, and Savon, before we close it out, what would you say was kind of like one one of your highlights um, for this documentary?
1: It just confirmed what I thought about Michael Jordan. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, also, um, it just what I've learned from after the after effect of it with Horace Grant wanted him to settle it. And like, like, man, uh, Scottie Pippen wasn't he didn't like it at all it really just showed you mm. the, the strange relationships you have one with a narcissist and then what, <laughs> what a player who, who wants to win over all things, you know? Yeah. So it just, yeah. it really just highlighted it more. We, we praise Michael Jordan for being a great basketball player, but we don't highlight his flaws. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I approve this message. Definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Approved. I say my more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're getting into our our game review of Heat OKC 2012 Finals Game 2. And to start it off with the overview, the Heat entered the series um, beating the Celtics in, in seven games. Um, they trailed 3-2 two, two in the series and they had the um, decisive road win in Boston, one of LeBron's uh, defining moments. And They were 46 and 20 that season. OKC, they beat the Spurs um, in six in the Western Conference finals. Um, They had 47 wins in the regular season and were second in the West. And, you know, this was the second youngest finals team in NBA history outside of Derek Fisher and Anazi Muhammad and Kendrick Perkins. But Andrea, what were your initial thoughts of this series with the contrast of the up and coming uh, young, immensely talented team um, in OKC compared to the Heat? Uh, just trying to right the wrong from last year's finals and, and LeBron trying to win his first?
2: Um, well, I was, I'm was i still a Kevin Durant fan. I always rock with Kevin Durant from Seattle to OKC, to <laughs> wherever he goes. So I was, like, excited. <laughs> I, was, I was excited to, to watch that, um, that finals. And uh, just the, the young team and, like, remembering that James Harden came off the bench for this team is like kind of insane. Um, yeah. But there was like a lot of highlights in the, in the series and for, to get them to the finals. Um, they were undefeated at home throughout the whole playoffs. And then they come into this game two versus the heat. Yeah. Um, I think it was exciting to watch, you know, LeBron and D and Wade come together uh, again and, and win. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely, and, and and going through just how the series played out, Savon, You know, OKC they start out strong in Game One with an eleven point home win. Um, Durant has thirty six, and then in Game Two, the game uh, we're going to review that the Heat they win by four. LeBron has thirty two. Um, the Heat come back home in Game Three, win by six. Game Four, uh, the Heat also win by six, and, and and despite in a losing effort, Russell Westbrook has a huge performance with forty three points, and in Game Five, um, the Heat close it out with a fifteen um, with a fifteen point win. But before we get to our first topic, Savon, like, what were your initial thoughts of this series? Because just looking back at just the talent they had with the big three in OKC, it was just, you know, an amazing uh, set of talent. And then compared to um, the Heat's second year where LeBron, like, really kind of, like, settled in as a leader.
1: Vince, the amount of talent of both teams really... I don't think we knew the potential both teams had, especially OKC with a yeah. young Serge Ibaka, with James Harden's coming off as a six-man, Russell, Kevin Durant. You know, you had your veterans in Perkins and also Derek Fisher. But this really just showed the, the amount of talent, more talent that Miami had on their squad to to close it out 4-1. Um, mm-hmm. But when they won the first game, I thought, okay, well, well maybe these young... When young cats got something going here, because Kevin Durant, yeah. we knew he was a... Especially, uh exceptional talent Special that's when you that's when he went by uh what the, the spider human spider or uh no look i i was i was a big kevin durant fan like i like kevin durant i still am a big kevin durant fan I we've think got a
0: big Katie supporter on this one
1: yeah yeah i think Huge. he's a freak of nature he's literally they say he's six ten but he's literally seven foot Changing direction, like man, Kevin Durant is a goat, bro. Like, I don't care I don't care what he did, that man's a goat. <laughs> but no, the amount of talent on both squads, man, and when they won the first game, I thought maybe these young cats got a chance. But you know, when you got LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and LeBron. Mario Chalmers, like, yo, it's it's, yeah. it's crazy, yeah. Mike Miller. Oh, Mike no, nilly. Nilly, nilly, nilly milly Mike. I'm sorry. i yeah, Can't
0: forget about him. <laughs> but I just into to our first topic? What made this game so significant and memorable? Um, you know, Miami giving the Thunder their their first playoff home, home playoff loss of the season was huge and heading back home to South Beach for three straight home games um, w- was another big thing. And then even though the Heat never trailed during this game and they had a 12-point had a lead at one point, um, the Thunder, they make a four, um, fourth quarter rally. Katie hits a three to cut it to two. And then the non-call at the end. Where Durant misses a game time jumper, and many photos, though, you know, LeBron um, fouled Durant on the right hip during that shot attempt. But, and it would have been the this, this sixth foul and taken LeBron out at, at a pivotal moment. And those are some of the things that, that I really think just kind of made this game a, a really memorable one. But, but, Andrea, for you, what would you say made this game so significant and memorable for the series?
2: It's starting out with Katie getting in foul trouble. Like, Early in the game, he had two in the first quarter and then just getting... And so it changes your defensive strategy, especially. And then they had him going off the, the pick and roll on the other end so you can switch and have to get on LeBron. And then LeBron just driving to the basket, getting him another foul. And it was another foul. And then uh, the last, like, three minutes yeah. of the game was really, like where everything came together. There was a point where they, they got it down to five points and then, you know, you hit a three and then it was like steals back to back. And then, you know, Westbrook on one end, Dwayne Wade on the other end. Like it was just crazy back and forth game like that. Um, But it really, again, showed the athletic ability of both teams, you know, Durant and Westbrook um, going crazy. And then Dwayne Wade's leadership skills too, to not only take over a game and, and score, but, you know, make the other players score as well. Chris Boston scored Mario Chalmers was just doing well. What's the other light-skinned guy was doing well, too? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane Batty. I'm going no, blank you? on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shane, yeah. Batty. Shane Batty. Yeah. Shane Batty. Yeah. <laughs> so he was scoring, too. Like, there was a there was a lot in that game, but it was really just an all-around athletic series, which is fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and Savon, like looking back at it, you know, this is it wasn't like necessarily like a must win for Miami, but it was huge for them going back. You know, they had that was back then where the, you have the 2-3-2 format in the finals and, and, and Miami gets three home games. But looking back at it, you know, you have the con- con- controversial non-call at the end. What would you say made this this particular game so significant and memorable?
1: Well, oh, man, she. She kind of took mine. Katie being in foul trouble. I, no, I like the yeah. game plan that Miami had. That was, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for a head coach is learning the mismatches. And as a player, I think LeBron, you know, saw that too with the switching and the pick and roll, the one-two with Chris Bosh, making Katie hold LeBron and him driving to the hole because the man's 260 pounds. Katie's probably one one, one. <laughs> I can't say that without I left. <laughs> Probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. And uh <laughs> it was just that mismatch. I like the mismatches, and Dwayne Wade was slashing the whole entire time. And you think you have two slashes on the court. You have Russell Westbrook and you have uh Dwayne Wade, Wade. slashing. But I feel like in game two, Wade slashing was more prolific than Russell's. Russell was he was more aggressive, He was at the paint, he was he had that energy about, him. I think he played like 40 minutes. Uh, the energy in that in that arena and the mismatches they saw. So and, high. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I think it really solidified that it was like, okay, they won game one, but we're the better match team. We have the better talent. They're younger. We have more experience. Dwayne Wade's been in before and won it with uh, Shaq. So they, and Chris Bosch came for Toronto. He doesn't, he didn't taste any of that yet. So, <laughs> well, the year <laughs> before they did then, like, the, uh, to the Mavs, but it was just that like was, that experience with with uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James coming together. I think LeBron had 32, 32, 8, 5. 32, five, 32, eight,
0: 8, 8, and 5, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and transitioning to whose performance like, were you most impressed by, like, like, Le- like Savon said, LeBron had 32 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds. Wade had 24.6 rebounds and 5 assists. Uh, Russ and KD combined for 59. Um, Harden had 21. Um, you know, t- to me, like LeBron's performance, it was just—it was—it was just so significant in this game. You know, he hit tough shot after tough shot with a single-minded focus, and he's always going to be a mismatch. But in this game, it just even highlighted just how much he was—you know—too big and strong to be guarded by anyone in OKC. He was also 12 for 12 um, at the free throw line, and um, he said after the game, "quote You can't just put one guy on me and allow him to be on an island and defend me one on one. It's about being aggressive and taking what the defense gives me." End quote. And he just had scalar defense on Durant early in the first half and put him in foul trouble. Um, that being one of the biggest problems, beginning problems for OKC. But, um, Andrea, to, to you, who had the most impressive performance in this one?
2: Most impressive performance? One for each team? Yeah. James Harden coming I mean, off the be, bench, having 20. He had yeah. 21, 21, 22. He had 20 points for sure. 21. 21 off the bench. He played a really good one. He was six man the year before anyway. So like he knew what to do. Uh, So OKC's, I was impressed with him Um, only because Kevin Durant was in foul trouble. So he was playing a little off his game. It wasn't him. And then Westbrook, he can go coast to coast with the best of them. So he did his thing. So I was impressed with, with James Harden. And then on the other side, Jay, uh, Dwayne Wade as a facilitator and as just like I mean, you're going to give LeBron credit like we just said, he's 260 pounds and he's a bull when he mm-hmm. goes to the paint but Dwayne Wade yeah. is a basketball player he is, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely um, on on say.
2: say what you need to say, Samar say, no, say,
1: say, 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 say what you need to say, get off your chest
2: say what you need to say
1: I like that song, that's John Mayer um. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: nice one
2: no, review I, it. <laughs> review it.
1: No, you're not know, just going to comment on you. He was like, you know, he's a bull and Dwayne Wade's a basketball player. Okay. LeBron James is the best all around basketball player. Oh my
2: <laughs> God. Do you ever. want me to give LeBron his
1: credit? Here we he was, go. <laughs> a, he was a bull, but Dwayne Wade's a basketball player. Okay. I feel like you're throwing salt on my guy, you know, on LeBron James' legacy because one, Isn't he's he? a great facilitator great defender. Who else goes down and chase the ball for yeah. uh, defending, you know, snapping the ball out of people's hands, thinking they got the glory. Giving them, them high hopes
2: and then taking it from Who else does Mario that? Chalmers did that like three times during the game. So, what are you trying <laughs> to say? But- <laughs> Who patented? You know, like who? We was like, oh, LeBron
1: Day is about to go chase it. He did that with the Cavaliers. Mario Chalmers was still in college. Come
2: on, give him credit. Gosh. oh gosh, I'll give LeBron credit when the I The block feel shots like he. from LeBron It's they, legendary. Always
0: like they come from behind blocks from. Yeah, it's
1: legendary. It's oh, like yeah. it's like Michael Jordan's yeah. jumping. Well, he didn't start. It. He didn't do it first. I thought we were like Mike did it. Julius Irvin did it. Every stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like. The jumping for the three-point line, LeBron James um, coming from behind and swatting it. Steph Curry shooting it from the nosebleeds. Those are like iconic basketball moments. Signature moments. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. I'm not going against anybody grain anymore. So you would say LeBron
0: overall, to you had the most... So you you would say LeBron had the most impressive performance for this one for you?
1: No, Shane Battier. Shane Oh,
2: God. God. (laughs) no.
1: No, 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 no. Shane Battier. No, listen, no, listen, no, listen. No, only because I something
2: about
1: him. No, 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 no. He was already in my notes. No, he was already in my notes. I need notes. to see these notes. I need to see <laughs> <Okay>. these notes. <laughs> I will take a picture Please, of him and spit <laughs> it on my notes. So Shane <laughs> Battier played only, he played 41 minutes. The only person who played more minutes in that game was LeBron James. He was at 42. The man had 17 points. I think he was Mm -hmm. three for five. The guy was playing great defense because Shane Battier is 6'8". So he's playing great defense. He had most of the minutes. He was playing great all-around basketball. He was that role player that you had in the game majority of the time. Played more to Chris Bosh. Played more to Dwayne Wade. The list goes on. I don't have to name anybody after Mm -hmm. that. So Shane Battier's it's his contribution to that game really stood out. He had 17 points. Now, I wouldn't have said anything if he had like five, four points, you know, whatever. But he had 17 points. He was right. the their go-to guy to shoot behind a three-point line in my line. I mean, Miller was too, but Shane Battier used to used to drain him. I'm not riding on nobody. Coattails, yeah, the come the on, bro. I got my whole stuff going on here. You know what I'm talking about? And uh nah, Shane, no, seriously, Shane. Che Batier was, like, he was, game two, he was that guy. He Not the points-wise, but, like, what he did on the front quarter backcourt. Hands down. And he played 41 minutes. Come on.
0: A lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, you know transitioning mean? to which player kind of had... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but transitioning to which player kind of had uh, the, the most disappointing performance. You know, one of the ones that was, like, really high up there for me, and particularly for OKC, you know, Serge Ibaka, only had seven points and and four rebounds, did have an impressive five blocks, but in this series overall, you only had 5.2 rebounds and two block shots on average. Um, If you look at what he did against the Spurs in that last series in the Western Conference Finals, you know, he was knocking down outside shots in game four of that Western Conference Finals. He was a a perfect 11 for 11, shooting with 26 points and just kind of faltered late in games um, and and for this game too. But um, Andrew, who would you say kind of had the most overall disappointing performance um, from OKC in this one?
2: I could agree with you. Serge didn't step up to his potential in this game. I think, I don't know what got to him, whether it was, you know, who he had, he was up against or what, but he didn't do well at all during the whole series uh, as far as, you know, scoring and rebounding. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he usually does his block shots. You mean that's, that's him anyway. So I, I don't really be looking at who's playing like trash. Like, so I don't, <laughs> right, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: have a real good answer for that. Blind eye to the trashness. Okay, good thing. Good
0: stuff. But overall, Slavon, like in terms of just kind of like the limited performances for maybe like one of the role players in OKC, who, who would you kind of say like sit out to you the most in, in, that, in that regard?
1: Add to be James Harden, of course. James Harden was coming off the bench. He was playing, well, I'm about, ooh, I almost, oh my gosh. I almost said playing good defense. Forgot who I was talking about. <laughs> he kind of <laughs> was, though. He kind of was stepping up a little bit. You don't think
2: so? Uh, yeah. You don't think so? <laughs> he was stepping up all right. <laughs> <laughs> stepping up from nothing is a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he was Buckness now. He was Buckness. <laughs> like when he came in, he was yeah. He wasn't step, step back, step back, slash, slide, dribble, dribble, slide. He wasn't that yet. He was just post up, shoot mm-hmm. threes like nah. But everybody outside, like the supporting wise, I think James Harden was was one of the one of the dopest, hands down. Yeah, for sure. But
0: yeah, I and, and think. Trinchini, oh,
1: sorry, go ahead, go Yeah, ahead. go ahead.
0: No, no, go no, ahead, Go ahead,
2: Walton. Well, was done with that question, but, so he but was about
0: and, to move <laughs> No, I was not done with that question. I was not done with that question, Savon, because you know we look at. At where Harden is now, like, in terms of just being, like, the, the premier offensive talent and then back in OKC where he just, in, in that Spurs series, like, he was just huge in, the, in, that, in that last Western Conference Finals before this series. And there was, there was just, like, a huge dip in his production. And I felt, felt as though that may, may have been one of the things that just overall for the series, like, was one of the biggest things that they were kind of, you know, missing out
2: on.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I, you know what? I think that was the best move for his career. I don't think he would have been as prolific, even though he was the sixth man. I don't think he would have been as prolific of a scorer as he is, even though he travels sometimes. You know, he travels to different places around the world. Sometimes. Now, sometimes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I feel like his career, that was best for his career. I know he loved OKC, but the player that we see with Houston, we were we would never probably see in fruition uh, in OKC because of... Right. KD and Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka, because Serge became became a household name. Then he went to Toronto, so I think. But if we had that, you know, Harden from Houston or OKC, they would have mm-hmm. beat the the yeah. dog snot out of LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, because they wouldn't have no answer for him. <laughs> LeBron can't hold James Harden None at all. No. Mario Chalmers, Dwayne Wade probably could, you know, do something with it a little bit, but outside of that, I don't see Mac Miller. I don't see Anderson. Nobody holding James Harden and creating uh some some stoppage from him. I don't, I don't see that if we have that Harden from Houston or OKC.
0: Yeah, definitely. And transitioning to our last topic, you know, was a coach team or or players' legacy elevated or, or diminished by the result? You know. I, dealing with just kind of, like, the overall series, because, you know, Game 2, it's really early in the series, and, you know, a player's um, just overall legacy can't be elevated or diminished in, in just one game, and especially, like, a Game 2. But, Andrea, like, who would you say overall just kind of, like, um, maybe, maybe player's legacy was elevated or, or diminished by this series result? Oh,
2: elevated or diminished by the series result. Heard, yeah. Well, the series, OKC okay, lost, so... <laughs> I think everybody that had such high hopes for a team that had Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, Kendrick Perkins, everybody that was on the squad there, they had such high expectations for them, Um, and then they lost. Now, LeBron went to Miami and won, so that was his goal to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can say the winners won and the losers, obviously, (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) – it wasn't their best series, so I think it, the the legacy of the team was a little bit like tainted only because they only won one game in that finals. Like you can't win the first game and right. then just like lose four straight, not like. winning any of the rest. Yeah, so that was yeah. not good on their part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but yeah, I mean overall, like say like LeBron, he gets his first title. Um, you know, really gets gets what he wants out of Miami um, that second year. And then Durant, like, has a phenomenal series, but OKC, you know, they're not able to, uh, to, to to win this series. Like, the first four games are extremely tight. They can't pick up one in Miami and send it back to OKC for at least a game six. Um, you, you know, to, to me, like, in terms of what Harden wasn't able to do as he did in the Spurs series, like, struggled the most out of the big three for the Thunder. His, his level of production diminished, you know, significantly. Um, did have a productive performance for this one, scoring 21 points and going seven seven for 11, but a combined four for 20 in games three and four and scoring just 17 and, and 19 in, um, uh, in game five. But, but who, who would you say like a player's legacy was elevated or diminished by this series result?
1: James Harden. James Harden, because yeah. after that year, he went to Houston and we saw the star that was born, you know, and he... We yeah, I believe, yeah, James Harden when he left, I think we finally saw him transform and begin the evolution of his career. And we see a lot of people, I think if a lot of people would have stayed in that situation, I don't like I said before, I don't think James Harden would have been as great as he is now as a scorer. He's never been a great defender. I mean, he does, he can defend, but I feel like his his game is a score just like uh any other basketball player in the NBA. But when James Harden left, I think we we saw the the more potential because he was six man of the year, but the potential that he had more as a, a lead scorer and a lead player on a basketball team.
0: Yeah, definitely. And 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 before we close it out, Andrea, like looking back at the Heat era, what they did. Do you feel as though just you know they, they win this title, they win the next year against the Spurs, um, and, and and with Ray Allen knocking down that shot in Game Six, and they win, you know, they go to four straight finals, get to do you feel as though they accomplished like the most they could have during this stretch, or do you feel as though it was one of those four years where it was just mainly kind of focused on what LeBron could get out um, of those four years in Miami with, with two titles?
2: I think they accomplished a lot. I think whether it's as much as they wanted to accomplish, I don't know. I was just happy that they lost to the Mavs the year before to uh, make up for that 2006 <laughs> finals um, <laughs> that the Mavs <laughs> lost. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I think LeBron went there for a purpose. His purpose was to show that he could win a title, whether it was he needed Dwayne Wade to do it or not. Whatever the argument is, he won, so he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all the NBA is such a transitioning league that you know you never know who's yeah, going to be. Yeah, who's going to be the best this year? You know, you can have all these expectations or whatever, but uh, I think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. You wanted to win a, a title, and they won that year. So I think they're they're fine.
0: Yeah. So, Stavon, w- 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 would you say the same, like, they kind of got the most that they wanted out of that four-year?
1: No. No, they wanted what, more. What, did, what else did you want them to do? No, I'm saying for their standpoint, for they titles? wanted more. They Yeah, that's what they wanted. That's what that was the goal when they when he not, came not down three, there. Not four, not five, not six, not seven. <laughs> yeah, he they wanted more. Trust me, if Dwayne Wade was was full healthy, and LeBron had help, uh, this I think it was a series. I mean, the they went back to back finals the second time after they won the right. championship. I think if Dwayne Wade was fully healthy, Chris Bosh was fully healthy, I think that would have been a different series. Now we saw LeBron feel mm-hmm. like he. Resemblance what he did in with the Cavaliers, not all his players, all the other players on the team wasn't fully healthy. Didn't have help. He even caught cr- with the caught right. cramps in the. Uh, and I hate when people like, have y'all ever caught a cramp like <laughs> like a trolley horse? Have you oh, ever man. caught one? Yeah. I catch one all the time playing football. I cannot move those things. You your body is it's it, you can't move. How can you play? Like man, come on. I used to catch the – I call it a crimp. Remember the old basketball stuff we used to do at Gulf Breeze for the church? Yeah. You used to play the pickup. I used to catch crimps I, 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 after that, and I couldn't move. Come on, man. I hate that. I hate that. But, it, yeah, but yeah, they definitely wanted more. I think they, they saw more, especially when they definitely. lost to the Maver- the Dallas Mavericks that year.
2: The first okay. year, yeah. First of all, listen, we're not going to talk about the Mavericks. <laughs> After I
1: just said that I was happy, that the Mavericks one, and now you want to come. No, I'm just I saying want they wanted up. more. They wanted more championships. They got two. They need they more, Savon. More. They need more. They need more. No, <laughs> they don't need more. They wanted more, Wellington. They wanted more. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. big difference.
0: <laughs> well, Andre, it has been an absolute pleasure. You're always one of our favorite guests, and thank you for being back on. Of course. Anytime. Absolutely. Well that wraps it up for today. I'm your host one with of my current parts name
2: This And we'll scope. See you next week.